Hello, and welcome to the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast. If you're wondering, what happened to the myth-busting the Pregnancy Resource Center podcast, rest assured, you're in the right place. For various reasons, myth-busting the Pregnancy Resource Center now has a new name, but still has educational and inspirational content for you. I appreciate your patience with this change. You can find the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast online at theheartbeatpodcast.net. Now here is today's episode of the Heartbeat of the Pro-Life Ministry podcast. Welcome to Myth Busting, the Pregnancy Resource Center podcast, where we'll bust some myths and tell the truth about what really happens at that Pregnancy Resource Center down the street. I'm Beth Bissonette, and I've been an executive director of a Pregnancy Resource Center for, well, a really long time. Let's get into today's episode. In today's episode, I'm going to share Angela's story with you. She came into the Pregnancy Resource Center with her boyfriend, Alex, and her boyfriend's mother. Angela needed free pregnancy testing and information about abortion. But first, let's answer a question that I was asked by a friend. Terry asked, do most women who come to the Pregnancy Resource Center come by themselves or do they come with someone else like maybe the baby's father? Well, thanks for the great question, Terry. At Haven Pregnancy Services, who brings this episode to you today, about 75% of the time she comes in alone to her first visit. About 15% of women bring the boyfriend or partner and the rest will bring a friend or once in a while, their mom. Out of that 75%, a quarter of them say that they haven't told their partner that she thinks she's pregnant. Sometimes she states that she wants to be free to have an abortion without being influenced by somebody else. And sometimes she understandably wants to put off that, oh no, my pregnancy test is positive. What are we going to do now? Conversation. Now, there are several possible reasons why he doesn't attend that first appointment. We'll look at these reasons more in depth in future episodes, but here's a short list. Number one, he doesn't know that she thinks she's pregnant because she hasn't told him. She may be afraid he'll break up with her when he learns that she's pregnant, or perhaps there's abuse in the relationship, which is a whole nother topic. Number two, she told him she thinks she's pregnant and he's already broken up with her. He wants nothing to do with her or with her decision about the pregnancy. Number three, he's trying to pressure her into a decision to either have the baby or have an abortion, and she wants to do the opposite of what he wants. And number four, maybe he just can't make that appointment that day, but will come into future appointments. 
Now, I want to say that in the state where I'm located, which is New Hampshire, right now abortion is legal up to 24 weeks in the pregnancy. For other states where abortion is illegal early in the pregnancy, these reasons can differ. And they can also differ somewhat from pregnancy center to pregnancy center. So when we take a patient into the exam room, we always take her in by herself and ask her guest or guests to wait in the waiting room for a bit. It's important that the staff member who's meeting with her that day has the opportunity to ask her some potentially delicate questions. Now, I've met with women who've told me in private that their boyfriend insisted on coming to the appointment with her that day, but she's not sure if he's the baby's father. And so she was scared that she would have to divulge that information in front of him. Meeting her by herself gives her a safe space to share her fears and be honest with the staff about her situation. We also ask every patient questions about her safety. Does anyone hit you, kick you, push you, or call you names? Do you feel safe around the people in your life? Does anyone force you into having sexual activities? Again, meeting with her by herself creates a safe space for her to be honest about her answers. Depending on the patient's wishes, we may invite her guest in when we're about to do the pregnancy test, or we'll do the test with her alone first if she thinks she'll need a few minutes to emotionally process the test results. If she wants to go over information about her options, it's helpful to have her guest come into the exam room so they can both hear the same info ask questions, and have the info they need to make an informed choice together. Such was the case for Angela and Alex. I met with Angela alone first, and I asked her what she wanted to do if the pregnancy test was positive. She answered, I really want to have the baby, but Alex wants me to have an abortion, so I guess that's what I'm going to have to do. I asked her to clarify if an abortion was her decision or Alex's, and she reiterated that if Alex said it was okay, she would keep the baby. A study done by the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons found that nearly three-quarters, or 73.8% of women who had an abortion said that they experienced forms of pressure to abort. So that kind of begs the question, is there really such a thing as a woman's freedom to choose when it comes to abortion? For the majority of women, is it really her choice? Well, Angela's test was positive that day, and by her dates, she was about 11 weeks pregnant. I asked if she wanted information about abortion and if she was ready for Alex to join us. She said yes. I invited Alex in, and Angela also wanted his mom to come in as well. Alex came in, and he sat on the edge of his chair across from me and leaned forward with his elbows on his knees, and he looked down at the floor. 
I asked him how he was feeling after Angela shared with him that the pregnancy test was positive. Alex didn't answer me. But it was obvious by his body language that he was very uncomfortable being in this situation, and I couldn't blame him. I began to read a description of a surgical abortion procedure from the booklet that I was holding. But before I could get five or six sentences out, Alex piped up. And he said, I don't see what the big deal is. It's not like it's a baby yet. It's nothing. It's just a blob. So I opened a drawer next to me and I pulled out a rubber fetal model that shows the approximate size and level of development of a fetus between 9 and 12 weeks gestation. I handed it to Alex and he looked down at it and he asked, what is this? And I said to him, I said, that is a fetal model that shows the approximate size and level of development of a fetus between nine and 12 weeks. And Angela is about 11 weeks. Well, he looked down at the fetal model and then he looked up at me and he said, this is what it looks like. And I said, yeah, pretty much. So he looked back down at the fetal model and then he looked back up at Angela and he had tears in his eyes and he said, I didn't know this is what it looked like. I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And truth be told, I was getting kind of choked up myself. I looked from Alex to Alex's mother who was sitting across from Angela and she was looking right at me with this big smile on her face. I didn't know it at the time, but she had come in because Angela had asked her to. She was Angela's support person. Now, Angela and Alex chose to have their baby that day. And just before walking out the door with Angela and Alex, Alex's mom quietly said to me, thank you so much. Now I'm going to meet my first grandbaby. I know, you all just did a collective. Oh, that is so wonderful. I know, it is. That was a really great day. Now, not all days at the pregnancy center are like that. And some women make different decisions. But often, we have great stories just like that to share with you. So, what myth about the Pregnancy Resource Center, did we bust today? Well, I think we actually busted a few, but how about this one? Pregnancy Resource Centers take away a woman's right to choose. Truth be told, the baby's father has the highest influence on her decision, and other support persons have a great opportunity to offer positive points of view and support. Pregnancy resource centers have value to God, to the women that we see, to those who support and believe in our work. We don't take any money from clients, so all of our services are free. Haven Pregnancy Services, who brings you this podcast episode today, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We receive our funding through churches, our fundraisers, and individuals like you. If you're interested in supporting the work that we do at Haven Pregnancy Services, 
and give a tax-deductible gift, you can go to the website mythbustingtheprc.com. That's mythbustingtheprc.com and click on the Give Today button to make that donation. If you have a pregnancy resource center near you, give them a call, contact them and find out how you can give and how you can help them. If you have questions for me, Beth, about pregnancy resource centers or feedback about this podcast, you can send an email to mythbustingtheprc at gmail.com. That's mythbustingtheprc at gmail.com. Thanks so much for considering giving a gift and for spending some time with me today. And remember, your life is precious.